film sucks Indie film sucks It's the Indie Film Sucks Podcast Yeah Indie Film Sucks Podcast. Because Indie Film is a good time all the time. Well, guess what? We're back. Yeah, and that fucker Mackie's still, still going. Still on assignment, son of a bitch. Uh, maybe he just quit. He got tired of this shit. He said, man, this oh, it just sucks. Maybe, I'm leaving. I doubt it. You came back. Yeah. Yeah, I did. It's, I can't get enough. I know. It's a sickness. I know. I don't blame you. It's a you. fucking sickness. I know. I can't quit. Oh, God. All right, so everybody thinks they're uh, coming back and joining us here. So, uh, Chris. Yeah. It's your turn, dude. What is your suck this week? Oh, boy. Love going first. My suck. My suck is this. Whenever you go to a a screening, like let's say it's a, a film showcase or something like that when there's multiple film screening, mm-hmm. and when... Your film screens at the back of the program, and everyone leaves ahead of time. I think it's just a shitty thing to do. I think if you go to like a short film program or or whatever, show up and watch the entire thing. I agree. Don't just leave when your shit's done. That yeah. is just the shittiest feeling in the world. And it, it that that I think sucks. I I just want to say you know, man, sit the fuck down and watch the rest of the goddamn movies. Yeah, show some respect. I agree 100%, man. There's been times where we go see our stuff, but before our stuff, there's a whole bunch of other stuff, or yeah. vice versa. We st- we want to see other people's shit. You yeah. know, we want to support local stuff when we, we, when we can. Sit down, grab a fucking popcorn and a Coke. Yeah. Watch our shit, too. Yeah, and I'm not going to tell you that I'm going to watch every single independent film produced, and if I go to a festival, I'm going to see every program. Of sure. course I'm not. And right. we're going to focus on our own stuff. But we do want to see and experience other people's stuff, too. All the people we've had on the show so far on the, on this podcast, you know, we've seen their stuff. Yeah, it's part of the it's part of the bargain. And it's good. And, uh, you know, hopefully uh, they reciprocate. I know Wyatt's seen all of our stuff. And uh, we've seen all of Wyatt's stuff. I don't know if anyone else has seen our stuff, but they should. <laughs> if, if you're listening... Uh, watch, watch our stuff. Cause we watched yours. <laughs> wow. Maybe we suck. <laughs> we do Maybe suck. that's the problem. Well, what's, uh, what's your suck, Brock? Being an actor, uh, may be a little bit different than most of our other artists. Like if you're a musician and I can't sing for shit, I really wish I could. I'd want to be a rock star, you know? Me too. But I can't uh, either. And I can't play an instrument for shit either. I, Me neither. I learned to play trombone and then I hated it. And so I quit band after a year or two. But if you're if you're a musician or a singer or a, an artist who paints or draws, you know you can just get your canvas or your guitar or your microphone and you can sing. You can play your music with whatever instrument. You can paint. You can draw. As an actor, you don't have any of that shit. <laughs> okay, you can do monologues in front of a mirror, which I. Never do. <laughs> I, I'd never do anything in front of me. I hate watching myself on movies. I'm not going to watch myself in a fucking mirror. It's really hard to do it on your own. I mean, it, 
I, I take scripts and I'll, I'll, I'll learn the lines and everything, but you can't really do a scene because you don't, you don't have your other actor to work with. I know you talk about them as they're just a pain in the ass props, which you know, yes. I, I feel you. But well, what, uh, what is your suck? That, that's my suck. That's is, your suck? That's my suck. As, you, as an actor, you can't really sit down with a blank piece of paper and, and, and write out your acting. You can't really hone in on your skills all by yourself. I, I can't. I can learn lines, but I can't really get better unless I'm around other people, and that's hard to do. It's really hard to do. It's like you know, trying to play baseball by yourself. Yeah. You know? I mean, I know you've done a little bit of stage work. Have you ever done a one-person show? No. So I started acting right out of high school. I started going to college, and, t and I started taking theater classes. And I, I did do a little bit of stage work, uh, but I really gravitated towards the camera for some reason. I don't know why. It just felt natural to me. So I never did any one-act plays uh all by myself on stage which i know i know what you're alluding to yeah it's uh, but even on those you still have a director you're working with when i have had to work you know by myself or you know learn like commercials for commercials it's a little bit different because it's commercial acting if it's you know if you're trying to sell a product it's different than acting like you're a slice of life commercial where you're interacting and they're the camera's just looking at you and it's, it's it's watching you interact like it's a regular day and then you have the other acting where you're trying to sell shit you know you know it's you're it's very you know scripted and and you know I, everything you do is kind of stilted and it's not really real acting to me it's kind of like just modeling with your mouth moving <laughs> it's not any fun for me well commercial work aside you've been on some some bigger films some some hollywood films mm -hmm. but they were smaller roles right right did any of those roles have any meat to them? Honestly, yeah. The very first time I was on a big movie set was in 1998. And they were filming a movie here in St. Louis called A Will of Their Own with Leah Thompson. I remember that. And I think Linda Blair was in there, too. She played Leah Thompson's mother, I believe. I was cast as an extra to be in this ballroom scene. from And as a timepiece, it's from like the 1920s. And this was a movie about Leah Thompson was the lead actress in it. She's a young woman, and it's her birthday. And she came from a wealthy family, and her family wanted to, to be like them and um, follow and suit like a proper woman should. She was very independent and wanted to do her own thing. And they're at her birthday in this uh, big ballroom in St. Louis. And I have tuxedo on and everything, and... Uh, I'm sit. I get placed right behind them. So there's a main. There's tables everywhere in this in this uh, scene for uh, her 21st birthday. And there's probably 40 tables in there, and there's probably 100 actors in there, and all these table table 100 extras, I should say, not <laughs> actors. And I get placed right behind her, to where you can see the back of my head. <laughs> but hold on, it gets better. So. Uh, they do a, They do a scene. They do their their dialogue, and the, is a, is a woman director. I can't remember her name. And she said, "Okay, I need I need four four guys to come sit over this table because in the scene she her grandmother saying there's plenty of young bachelors in, in here. Why don't you pick one up? And she went, doesn't doesn't want nothing to do with the, the the guys. She wants to go off and do her own thing." But since they say in the line, 
there's plenty of young bachelors in the room, they cut to a table of young bachelors. So to make that make sense, they had to move people to this table next to them. And she picked me to be one of the dudes. So there's me and three other dudes at the table right next to Leah Thompson. They moved from the back of my head to right next to Leah Thompson, which I'm thinking, all right, this is fucking great. <laughs> they cut to us from their dialogue, and they watch me and these three other dudes, like, eyeing Leah Thompson and raising our drinks to her and all this shit. And I'm like, oh, man, we were, we were like, for five minutes getting filmed, just bullshit and talking and looking at her. I thought for sure I was just going to be... They're going to see me, and they're going to see that acting still come out. <laughs> I raised that martini glass like no motherfucker has before, right? I, I thought it was hot shit. The, it's a made-for-TV movie. And uh, so when it came out, that scene, it was actually in two scenes in the movie, but that particular scene, I'm watching, I'm watching, and my family's watching, and they finally cut to the damn table. And I'm there, and this other asshole actor has his martini glass cutting off half my face. <laughs> so you see from my nose up. <laughs> so and that's my very first time on television and uh you only see half of my face because this other fucker next to me raises martini glass covering me and they use that five minutes of filming and they use that two seconds to be put in the movie well at least they got half your face oh man i was so pissed but uh but that movie uh also uh, in between they shot two different scenes that day uh one was the the party, uh, the dancing, because there, there was dancing in the scene, too, after the, the dinner. So all those extras got to stick around for the dancing. And Leah Thompson and a couple other people, like, they're in a dance scene. You see a bunch of extras dancing. I got to dance with a bunch of pretty girls, which is kind of cool. But in between, you have to go back to wardrobe and hair. I'm sitting in the chair getting hair and makeup again, and I notice the casting director walk by. I don't know who she is. I know her name because she cast us. Her name is Carrie Houck. And she's walking by, looking at people getting hair and makeup done. And I say, hey, um, hey, Carrie, I know you don't know who I am. She goes, oh, I know who you are. She knew everybody. It's her job. And she, I said, okay, well, I'm, I'm Brock Roberts. She goes, yeah, how you doing, honey? I said, great. I really want to be a cowboy. Are there any cowboys <laughs> in this movie? And she, start, she started laughing. She said, no, honey, there's no cowboys, but I'll keep that in mind. And she is so sweet to me, man. And uh, uh is is a good time and uh i got to know her really well over the years uh, she cast me in multiple things throughout the years i t i took her acting classes we really hit it off and I, I i love her she's a she's a great person it's funny that was 1998 that was 1998 that was the year before i got into filmmaking is that right yeah yeah that was my first movie role ever i mean i'd done a couple extra commercial works but that was my first movie role it's kind of cool i got paid like a 100 or 150 bucks a day not bad money no i was no i was 20s 20, 21, yeah, something like that. It was fun. I got to dance next to Leah Thompson. Yeah. So weren't you in something, uh, showed out in Area 51 many years later? Oh, you want to go through the catalog? I uh, mean, wasn't that a bigger role, though? Oh, yeah, that was a much bigger role. So um, I got that role while shooting Rhineland, actually. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, so, we, well, I think before that, I just finished shooting with Wyatt. Shadowland. Shadowland. He cast me as a rookie cop, and I had a good time on his set, too. He, 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 he and his crew know how to run a set, too. They, they did really good on their independent film, Shadowland. Did they shoot Shadowland before Rhineland? No. Or was Maybe it afterward? Was it after? I don't remember. It's during, because I think it's in between. Yeah, it could have been, because they shot that in the summer, they I did. think. They did. So, well, anyway, I auditioned for a sci-fi channel movie. They were shooting in St. Louis. It was called... Um, it was, uh, Alien versus Alien? 
Yeah, it was Showdown at Area 51, then they changed it to Alien versus Alien, or maybe vice versa, I can't remember. But anyway, I had just finished Rhineland. I go into the audition room, and uh, I've got a, they're auditioning me as a military guy. I was like, perfect. So <laughs> there wasn't much lines I had to learn. I can't remember what the lines for the auditions were, but uh, that did, hey, can you act like you got a gun in your hand and roll around and shoot? And I'm like, well, shit. You've been doing that for... I, well, I've been doing it my whole life. You know, I've, I've, I've been raised out in the woods. You know, I've, yeah. I, I'm really familiar with, with uh, guns. I knew how to roll around the ground. And I, not that I ever really rolled around the ground with a gun, but I, I, <laughs> I could mimic it. And I knew how to hold a gun and make it look like it as the recoil for me shooting it. So I got cast uh, in the, is the biggest role outside of Los Angeles that I got cast in. Uh, but the name of the character was Madge 12 OP1. He is like the leader of the small special ops group hunting aliens. We shot that in St. Louis. I was hired on to be on there for five days out of the 16, and they actually ended up using me for like eight or nine of the days, and I was getting paid like 800 bucks a day. And, you know, it's kind of weird because when it's lunch, they make all the actors eat first. You know, we like to have our crew eat first because yeah. I think I, I prefer that. I prefer the crew because they're working harder than an actor is. Yeah, they got paid good money, had my own trailer and all that shit. Got to meet some pretty cool people. And uh, the first day I was, on, I was on set was shooting at a, a metropolitan sewer district, which it looks like a sci- science fiction book inside this place. I mean, there's all kinds of buttons and lights and levers and stuff it's to measure water waste. Sure. Uh, so it looks pretty high tech in this 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 place we're at, and uh, it's finally my turn my turn to do my lines. And the director goes, who didn't talk to me at all, and until it's my turn to get on on set and the camera's on me. He goes, "All right, it's your turn, Brock. Now don't fuck this up. I know you got this." I'm like, "Fuck!" <laughs> oh, and I, of course I fucked it up. What a vote of confidence. Yeah, man. And um, I don't remember the director's name. He's kind of forgetful to be honest with these kind of addict a lot of people but i had a good time working with the actors and i think i made a little bit of a mistake on that on that uh, a rookie mistake so i did get cast as a, as a pretty good role i had some lines in there and and i even got top billing i honestly on uh you know at the beginning of the movie they say starring so and so and so and so and i i actually got on the, the top billing which is kind of cool i didn't expect that at all uh, along with Mel Fair, I don't think Mel was happy that he was. <laughs> is it Mel Fair and Brock Roberts? I don't know if he's happy about that, but well, uh, yeah, he, he and I got along really, really well. But um, yeah, so the rookie mistake I made was uh, there's uh, probably about fifteen, ten or fifteen extras in this scene, and and about six or seven, seven of them played my my guys in my special ops unit. In between a take that the extras are talking to me about being an actor and being in this movie and all this stuff. And, and I was kind of being nice because, you know, they weren't getting treated too well. And I said, Hey man, I'm just a glorified extra, man. It's no big deal. You know, I just kind of downplaying it, but the director is like right there. I was like, man, the director just heard me say, I, I felt like a glorified extra. And that probably wasn't cool since he's cast me in this role, but I didn't know he was there. So I, I kind of, kicked myself my own ass for, for doing that. I was just trying to be nice to the extras. I mean, but you're being honest. I really was a glorified extra, really. I mean, I got a trailer, but I didn't have a whole lot of lines. I was just there a lot. And I think most of my lines were like, hey, you, or some shit like that. <laughs> hold them up. Hold your, uh, some, something, you know, really minor. But it was a good time doing that. And uh, 
it, it was fun. Like I said, back in the early days, uh, the early 2000s, there was a lot more films being shot in Missouri that had a little bit of a budget, and I was just lucky enough to get on some of them. Yeah, when we had a tax credit, which we've just gotten back, so mm-hmm. maybe there'll be an uptick in bigger films coming to St. Louis. I hope so. I don't see anything bad about that at all. No, I mean, maybe we can utilize that, you know. Oh, I, I definitely in think... In the future, depending. Yeah, I'd love to shoot in, in Missouri and uh, use more talent, and, and it'd be great for to have some type of big infrastructure. I don't know if we'll ever get a great big infrastructure, but to have a little bit more than what we have now to where it's enticing to shoot here again. Yeah, I mean, this, this Midwest has a lot to offer, man. A lot to offer yeah. visually. I mean, at least that's the uh, that's the first step anyways, having that tax credit in place. Because the idea behind a tax credit is, let's say it's a million-dollar film, $250,000 of that budget automatically comes back to the production, or, or, or whatever the number is. Right, it's a percentage, I think, between 10 and 30%. Some yeah. states have 30% tax incentive if you spend so much money and you use X amount percentage of talent and crew coming from that state. Yep. Yeah, that'd be great because, you know, we, we use mostly local talent anyway. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's all and, we've, except for a handful of exceptions, that's almost all we've used, mm-hmm. local talent. Yeah, it'd be good. And, and you know, I, I cut my teeth on uh, a lot of those smaller roles. Um, I did a lot of student films. So what, what was that like, doing the student films? It was way different than anything else because all these all the students seem like this is... This is for Webster University, which is a, you know, it's an art school, it's a filmmaking school, acting school. They they do other things too. I know the, but the biggest, I'd say the biggest film school in the region. Yeah. Oh yeah, by far, by far, and they're they're really good at it too. I'd go into an audition, and uh, there'd be a bunch of different student students there who were making films for their thesis or to pass a class, whatever the hell, right? And so they all had their own shorts. You know, some of them were five minutes, some were 20 minutes, some were 30 minutes, but they had to write their own, and they all had to help each other. Like, say you direct your movie and use me as a DP and vice versa Sure. on my film. So that's kind of how they all did. So I'd audition for one and end up getting, like, three movies. And I was really trying to learn how my acting, how what how, would how work for me as an actor to be an actor because there's so many different ways to, na- to be how, an actor. How old were you at this time doing that? Early 20s. I tried the Brando way, which you don't know your lines until you look and somebody says them to you. That did not work for me. <laughs> I'm no Marlon Brando, and no one else is either, but uh, I definitely am not. I, I just tried a bunch of different techniques that I'd only read about and did some in theater classes. And uh, But I, I did a lot of student films, and some of them turned out okay. You know, a lot of them didn't finish, <laughs> but it was at least practice. It was practice for me. Yeah. Is is different, uh, but the everybody was cool as hell. Everybody seemed to want to help each other, like an independent film. Uh, but they also had resources. They didn't have any money, but they had the cameras, the the sound equipment they needed, and they got to show their film at the at the college uh, when it's finished, which is kind of cool. So I got to see some of that too. That's where I learned how I didn't like to watch myself. <laughs> well, student films can be kind of hit or miss. Right, and you know, when I was that young of an actor in Green, you know, I couldn't have been cast as a lead actor, you know, right out of the gate. I just, you know, didn't know what the fuck I was doing. Sure, but as I as I learned, I you know, I always, you always want to be the, the main guy. I always wanted to be the main guy, like like last episode, I hated being called 
second team to come in and, and do the work for the yeah. first team. And I just, I, I hate that. Like, if I didn't want to learn to play the guitar because I couldn't sing. You know, I wasn't going to be the guitarist and some other asshole out there singing. <laughs> you know, that's it. it just because I wanted, if, if I'm going to do it, uh, I want to be in control of it. No, I, I get that because as, and, and I've done a little bit of acting. I'm, I'm not an actor. I have no well, aspiration to be an actor. But when I've been on someone else's set, in whatever capacity, I'm always thinking, man, I wish this was my show. I wish this was my shoe. Mm-hmm. You know, because I want to be the guy. I want to be the director. I want to be running the show. So I, I totally understand that because I also wanted to be a, a singer, wanted to play in a rock band, couldn't sing worth the shit, couldn't play an instrument. <laughs> right. But it's like if you want to do that and you're in the audience watching, you know, the band on stage, you're thinking, shit, I should be up there. I want to be up there. You got to have that. You if do. If you want to be in any, type, any artist. If you do play the guitar and you want to be the best lead guitar, great, that's fine. You do that. But if you want to be the singer, you better be working on singing. You know yeah. what I mean? You, that's, that's one thing. You absolutely have to have that drive and that need. It, I, I, and I don't think it's a selfish thing. It's like you got to have that. You do have to have that drive. And also, it's also not cocky to, like, say you see a guy on stage or on, in, in a movie as an actor and go, I could do that. You got to believe you can. Yeah. Or else, who else is going to? Exactly. You know, there's, I mean, obviously, there's some actors that you go, I am not touching that guy. Oh, yeah. There, know, there are just, some people who yeah, are just. They're they're at the very top of their career. Yeah, and it's, they're, they're different type of people and characters, you know. Yeah. So uh, that's not what I mean. There's plenty of actors. I go fuck. I can't do that. But there's other actors, you know, like being on the, the that soccer movie set, watching these other other actors do the dialogue. I mean, I knew I could take that and, and run with it. I could do what they did easy. I felt I could. No, was I cocky? I don't know. Or was I just confident in what I could do? I think that's what it was. No, you, you have to have that feeling. Otherwise, why are you doing this? You yeah. know, it's like there's a lot of movies I watch, you know, as, as a film lover, film watcher. Mm-hmm. And, you know, some movies, you know, I'm just completely blown away by. And, you know, it's just a, a masterwork. Yeah. And other films, which are good films, I think, shit, I could do that. Oh, Man, yeah. Give me a shot and I could do that. Yeah, and you also got to keep wanting to be better than you was last time. Yeah, absolutely. And, and uh, if you think uh, you did good <laughs> and you just kind of stop, man, you're just you're going to get rolled, man. You're not going to go much further or you're not going to grow. You're just going to be stuck in this whatever, <sighs> this last job you got. It's kind of like professional sports. Mm-hmm. Baseball players, they go out and they play ball every night. And sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. No matter what you do, you have to go out and play again the next night. So it, it, it doesn't matter what happened the night before. If you lost the game nine to nothing, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you won the game, you know, six to five, because that's in the past. I work at it all the time, even if it is by myself. It's just not. It's just a little different. I really can't really um, hone it in unless I have another actor with me. That is also an actor, not just somebody reading lines. Sure. Like somebody that's a real actor. Has there ever been anything that you really, really wanted? from an acting standpoint and didn't get yeah so a lot of times actually because a lot of people around here are amateur actors and i guess you can call me an amateur actor you know because i'm not working every single day i learned to use that as as in one of my acting classes and i i talked to uh the acting coach after one of my scenes was over with i said i kept i kept trying to get something from this other actor and they just were like blank because they're a young actor they, they're just saying the lines. And he goes, use that shit. Make it pishy off and use it. It's like, huh. 
He said, there's nothing you can't use. You know, if you're not getting what you want from an actor, force them to give you something. I, that's the first time I told you that, but that's, I, I work like that all the time. I use other actors, what they do or don't give me, and I use the set, what it does or doesn't give me. Uh, I don't know if that makes any sense, but a set, uh, being on a set instead of just a black box theater, sure. you know, it's great to use your imagination, which is great. But when you can actually see something and have just an, even an inanimate object give you something, like you just took a drink of beer. You know, that's just like, shit, I did. I, I, that's right. Well, I want a drink, too. Congratulations. So we just had a drink together because you made me have a drink. Like, so it, I just use everything in the room, including the actor. And they say try to forget about the camera, but honestly, you can't forget about the camera because you have to, there's your audience you're playing to. So Yeah, and you got to be cognizant of the lens. Yeah, you got to play so to So you don't it. look in the lens, basically. That, and I know, like, our conversation, I'm not giving a shit about the cameras. I'm just no. talking to you and this will pick up. But in a, in a scene, your face would be right by the camera. I mean, you'd be talking like this and be back and forth. And But you, you're right. You don't want to cross the camera with your eyes. You, there's always that trick where you're looking over, you're blinking or some shit. Yeah. So you have to be cognizant of the camera and you want you want the camera to get everything it can from, from you. That's why I think I like film acting over stage acting because the camera can pick up that minutia that little bitty bit of something just to even like a little eye twitch means something and well, on camera i would say one of my favorite parts of red knight i think your best pieces of acting i've ever seen you do it's it's effectively one line in the film that you give near the end of the film I'm not going to go into it because it'll it'll give away a, a pretty important right. piece. But it's basically one line, and just the way you delivered it, I thought was incredible. I was like, man, that is that, you know, it's it's minutia. But that is some of the best acting I've ever seen Brock do right there in that little bitty piece, and it sticks out to me every time I see it. Thanks. I don't know which one you're talking about. I thought there were so many good scenes. <laughs> no, there there, there <laughs> are plenty of good parts, but I mean. But this was one really tiny, small bit, but very important. Yeah, so the biggest probably complaint, uh, I don't know if directors really have, but a lot of times I, I, I kind of play small and tight, as I like to call it. I, I, I try to keep everything, unless it's like a big fighting scene or something like that, but when it's between me and another actor and it's like just me and that other actor, I don't want to overdo it and be great big because that's not real life you know like i'm talking to you right now i'm just like right here you know i don't have to be like big and all you know i i, I don't know i'm not i'm just not that so sometimes nope. actors ask me to go okay be a little bigger because i i know I, I get that too but um that, some, that's one thing that i i have noticed about your acting is sometimes you struggle going too big because sometimes too big feels fake you know like again real because i like to try and keep everything as authentic and real uh, so when you, I don't mind doing it once I'm told to go and do it. Uh, other actors like start off big and be brought down. I'm mm -hmm. kind of the opposite. Uh, that's just how I, I, I feel more comfortable that way. Like there's a, a specific thing in, in, uh, I'm thinking of in the cruiser teaser, there's like the final shot of it. And that the character, Nikki is like, he's in a ring, he's covered in blood and he's, he's like screaming. I know what you're talking about, yeah. And I, I couldn't get you to do it right. So I just got up there and I did it. I'm like, look, man, I'm willing to make an asshole out of myself because this is what I want you to do. And then yeah. you went there and subsequently did it. Right. So I, I remember that because, like, no, just, just fucking let it all out. 
Yeah, I mean, I don't have a problem doing that when when it's called for, and that scene definitely did need it. And yeah. I, I remember you doing that, and I'm glad you did it because uh, sometimes you you do gotta. This is what I want. You yeah. know, you sometimes showing an actor what you want is more powerful than saying what you want. You know, it wasn't kind of the exact same screen. We we kind of it was yeah it was the same emotion. Yeah, it's kind of I, I understood what you wanted out of that. I, I'll I'll get bigger when needed. I just I really like the intimacy and the minutia of just like being real but not boring just just real and i don't know because sometimes you just get too people get too big and it takes away from a scene if you ask me and of course part of that's a script part of that's the other actors and it's all you know it's no one factor no one thing and what's the cool thing i like about you is is you give us a script you you let us actors you know can, can do it you let us kind of go one of those moments i had with bill which i kind of alluded to the last episode is is uh there's a moment where it's a real father-son moment he went outside the, the trailer first after this scene i, I don't want to give away what happened but it 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 really moved him pretty pretty good and he had to step aside for a minute and that's why i followed him out there because i saw him step outside and i i was, I was hoping i didn't fuck something up <laughs> but it's totally the opposite no, it's good. So it was very, very cool. It's moment. actually in within that scene is what uh, what I'm talking about the performance that. Oh, is that right? I thought was some of the best uh, acting I've seen you do, and it's very small. It's yeah, just yeah, a it tiny is. thing, but but uh, yeah, and a lot of Red Knight was shot almost guerrilla style, m- meaning almost uh, I don't know cinema verite style. A lot of it was. I mean, we we mapped everything out, but it was it was a lot of. Stands, he's going to find the action. Yeah, he did, and uh, you know, obviously, we, as an actor, you got to still stick with the camera too. You want to. One of my mistakes I made as a young actor is I shoot in a commercial with Eric Estrada, and the chips guy. Yeah. And uh, I was playing his partner, uh, John, and so I in the uniform, I roll up on our Harley's to go knock on. It's for a cable commercial. The director, he he wasn't from St. Louis at all, but he's cool as fuck. He's like, hey, man, I really want you to fight for the camera. Fight for the camera. And the camera's 20 feet away from me. And I'm like, I don't know what the fuck he means. So I said, Eric, he's telling me to fight for the camera. What's he mean? He's like, man, the camera's on me. You just got to get close to me. I said, oh, okay. Because <laughs> I didn't. I, that's why I always ask the, the frame of the shot. Sure. Because now I know how to fight for the camera. I always need to know the size of the, the, the shot, right? So I know what we're looking at. Is it tight? Is it loose? How quick can I move? Because if it's a tight shot, you can't move fast. You lose the camera. Yeah. And then all your action's going to fuck. It doesn't matter if you're doing stuff out of frame. Yeah, it doesn't matter unless the camera catches it, right? And you just wasted everyone's time. So uh, that's just important. Uh, I mean, you know you're acting, but also know, find that camera. And hopefully the DP sticks with you. And Eric did awesome with doing that. You know what? I got to go back to Red Knight real quick. Okay. Because I know last week we were talking about you know me producing and everything, and and uh, I'm pretty sure uh, my kids weren't happy because I I didn't forget to mention them. I just uh, I didn't know if they'd want to, but uh, yeah. So when you're producing a movie and you're trying to uh, save money, use <laughs> <laughs> use other resources. Yeah. And in the script that she wrote called for two roles of one young man in his early 20s and one young man to play my son, senior high school. Yeah. 17-year-old, essentially. And I happen to have both. Two boys. And the script also called for a little girl, which I don't have. 
True. But I do have a little boy. So uh, to save us money and also because I want to be a cool dad and put my kids in movies, I was able to hire my oldest son, Brayden, to play an asshole role, which he's very good at. Yeah. <laughs> he plays quite the asshole in this, this movie. Uh, he's got a, one or two scenes. Uh, one scene, but a few couple lines. Okay, yeah, he's got a couple lines. And then um, my middle son, Landon, uh, he played my son in the movie. He did. And uh, I was kind of impressed with how, how he played, because he had more lines than Braden did, and yep. Braden did find his lines, but Landon had, like, lines, and, like, he had to, like, really fucking act. And he was a little bit nervous, and <laughs> he, he did pretty good. Yeah. I thought he did really well. Now, I don't have a little girl, but I did have a niece. I had another niece who got to play my daughter. And she, yeah. so it, when you're in a movie, you have kids playing, and, you know, they're not real actors or whatever, and sometimes a parents can forget or run late or whatever. The kid's not up to it that day, so we had a backup plan. My youngest son, Camden, in case my niece Callie couldn't make it for some reason. So I brought him in to be a backup son if my niece couldn't be my daughter. But she showed up, and you did something cool for, for Camden and I. She, uh, Callie showed up. She knocked it out of the park. She did a really good job. Sweet little little girl in the movie. She's mean as hell in real life. <laughs> She's awesome. So that meant my youngest son didn't have a role. So we talked about it, and we we wrote a little something. Uh, we worked him in. He worked him in as my neighbor, my friend's son, who rode his bike into a scene. Yep. And uh, he wrote his little ass off into this scene and enjoyed it. He wrote up like however many takes it took. But anyway, I got to give my hats off to, to my kids, Braden, Landon, and Camden for being in the movie and them doing a really good job. They didn't. They had a good time with it too. They're they're ready to do another one. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well. It's it's cheap labor when you hire your kids. That's true. That's yeah. true. I save money as a producer any way I can. Well, that's what you got to do, man. That yeah. is what you got to do. Yeah. Well. Are we at that point? I think we are. I mean, I don't know what the hell we even talked about tonight. I have no idea. Well, in addition to, you know, cheap labor and uh, <laughs> whatever else. You know, we always talk about... Acting. Acting. Oh. Oh, I don't know. Uh, no, what we talk about are the highs, the lows, the lows and the in-betweens. And gestures. Of true independent filmmaking <laughs> on the Any Film Sucks podcast. Brought to you by 88mm Productions on Instagram, stuff. Twitter, blah, blah, blah. Check it out, YouTube. Look. Hey, book us now because we're going to get big. Yes. Someday. Cheers. Night. Indie film sucks. Indie film sucks. It's the Indie film sucks. Yeah.